In a world layered with mysteries both inviting and foreboding, the Inn of Lost Souls stood as one of the darkest enigmas. Tucked away deep within a labyrinthine stretch of wilderness, its precise location remained uncertain, appearing on no maps and disregarded by GPS technology. The dense forest surrounding it served as both cloak and shield, keeping the prying eyes of the world at bay. A complex network of serpentine roads weaved through the woods, leading to the inn, a structure that seemed to defy time itself, as if emerging from the pages of a Gothic novel. The architecture suggested antiquity, high towers adorned with intricate gargoyles, vast stone walls covered in creeping ivy, and stained glass windows that seemed to possess an otherworldly glow, particularly during twilight. Yet it wasn't the architecture or the remote location that birthed the chilling tales and rumors surrounding the inn. It was the inexplicable phenomena that seemed to haunt its very existence. People would check in, sometimes in desperation, sometimes in foolish bravado, or perhaps lured by an irresistible sense of curiosity. They would cross the threshold into the inn's cavernous, dimly lit foyer, and from that moment on, they would simply cease to exist in the outside world. The inn became their universe, their final sojourn, where time stood still even as life moved on beyond the enigmatic confines of the property. Various theories emerged, many as fantastical as the legends themselves. Some insisted the inn was a gateway to another dimension, a tear in the fabric of reality, accessible only to those who dared venture into its eerie clutches. Others hypothesized the existence of supernatural forces, dark energies that ensnared the souls of guests, keeping them captive for unknown and perhaps unspeakable purposes. Of course, there were also those who considered these tales mere urban legends, products of collective imaginations fueled by isolated incidents, hearsay, and coincidental disappearances. Skeptics and naysayers were in no short supply, but even they couldn't fully dismiss the unshakable dread that tingled their spines when hearing the name of the inn. Enter a journalist, a seeker of truths hidden in the veils of speculation and folklore. A rational mind, armed with skepticism, a camera, and a notebook filled with blank pages waiting to be inscribed with revelations. Driven by an insatiable curiosity and a thirst to carve her name into the annals of investigative journalism, she would soon find herself entangled in a web far more complex and treacherous than she could ever have imagined. With every twist and turn on the road leading her to the inn, she would be journeying further away from the world she knew, delving deeper into an abyss from which there was no guaranteed return. In a tale where fear and intrigue dance in an eternal waltz, the stage was now set, and the players, whether they knew it or not, were about to make their entrance into a narrative bound by fate and shrouded in darkness. The Inn of Lost Souls awaited its next guest, and with that, the wheels of destiny would creak into motion, setting the course for an investigation that would blur the boundaries between reality and the unknown, challenging the limits of understanding and plunging into realms where logic dared not tread. As the journalist's car maneuvered through the undulating labyrinth of roads, a sense of isolation descended, exacerbated by the towering trees that leaned over the asphalt like ancient guardians of a forbidden realm. Yet, her pulse quickened with a mix of anticipation and excitement, driving her to capture the first visual impressions of her journey. From the car window, her camera lens focused on the darkening woods, 
snapping frames that seemed to encapsulate the creeping unease and stunning beauty of the landscape. The air grew thicker, filled with an earthy aroma mixed with a lingering sense of decay, as though nature itself was providing a sensory prelude to the inn's enigmatic presence. Just when it seemed that the road would stretch into an endless void, the forest parted like a curtain, revealing the imposing facade of the Inn of Lost Souls. Her car's headlights beamed across the structure, casting elongated shadows that seemed to dance in a ghostly waltz upon the ivy-clad walls. As she captured this spectacle through her camera, the inn almost appeared sentient, as if aware of its own theatrical unveiling. Taking a deep breath to steady her nerves, she switched off the engine and stepped out of the car. A subtle, inexplicable magnetism seemed to pull her towards the inn's grand entrance, massive oak doors aged by time but remarkably well-preserved, adorned with intricate ironwork that twisted into patterns too complex to fully comprehend at a single glance. The doors swung open before she had the chance to touch them, as if beckoning her into the enigmatic world that lay beyond. Taking another deep breath, she crossed the threshold, her footsteps echoing ominously on the marble floor, resonating through the high-vaulted ceilings adorned with elaborate chandeliers that dripped with crystalline tears. The foyer was a spectacle of old-world luxury and unsettling charm. Priceless antiques arranged with deliberate care, elaborate tapestries that depicted scenes both serene and disturbing, and a grand fireplace whose flames flickered as though restless. But it was the centerpiece that caught her eye, a monumental staircase, its balustrade twisting upwards like a serpent's spine, leading to a darkness punctuated only by the sporadic flicker of dim wall sconces. This was the architectural artery that connected the myriad rooms of the inn, each one purportedly a universe of its own mysteries. As she snapped photos and jotted down initial impressions in her notebook, the adrenaline coursing through her veins was tinged with an unshakable foreboding, as if the inn itself was silently whispering cautionary tales through the very air she breathed. Completing the check-in process without uttering a single word to the innkeeper, a shadowy figure who defied description, seemingly obscured by an intangible veil, she received an antiquated key, heavy and cold to the touch. The number engraved on it corresponded to a room at the far end of the second floor, a detail she noted with a sense of apprehension, fully aware that the physical journey to her room was a symbolic descent into the heart of the inn's insidious enigma. Her hands slightly trembling, she clutched her camera and notebook, ascended the grand staircase, and moved down the long, dimly lit corridor. As she found her room and inserted the key into the lock, a shiver of both anticipation and dread cascaded down her spine. Turning the key, she pushed open the door, crossing yet another threshold, this one leading her into a space that exuded an atmosphere of deceptive comfort. The room was luxuriously appointed, furnished with period pieces that suggested an elegant refinement. But what truly captured her attention was the object that stood in the corner, a lifelike statue, so meticulously crafted it seemed almost on the verge of motion. In that moment, her investigative instincts collided with a primal sense of unease, alerting her to the irrevocable reality that she was now part of the inn's labyrinthine web. With her arrival, the next chapter in the haunting saga of the Inn of Lost Souls had officially begun. And so, with camera and notebook in hand, she prepared to document what lay ahead, 
little realizing that the story she aimed to tell would intertwine with her own fate in ways too incredible to fathom. The atmosphere in the room seemed paradoxical, a cocoon of opulence that nonetheless exuded an indefinable aura of menace. Driven by her insatiable curiosity and professional rigor, she began her investigation in earnest. The camera was her third eye, capturing the nuanced details of the room, each click freezing a moment in time. She photographed the elaborate wallpaper, the intricately patterned rug, the antique furniture, and, of course, the eerily lifelike statue. It was a woman in a flowing gown, captured in a pose that suggested she was mid-dance, her face etched with an expression that seemed to oscillate between ecstasy and agony. The statue's eyes seemed to possess an unnerving depth, giving the unsettling impression of consciousness trapped in a stone prison. After photographing the room, she moved on to her notebook, jotting down observations and hypotheses. She noted the quality of the air, stale yet tinged with an inexplicable fragrance that she could not place. The windows, heavy with drapes of lush velvet, were sealed shut, as if to discourage any thought of escape or, perhaps, to prevent something from entering. With each detail she recorded, the heaviness of the atmosphere seemed to magnify, as though the inn itself was aware of her probing scrutiny and was tightening its grip around her. Unable to resist the pull of the inn's maze-like architecture, she decided to explore beyond her room. As she walked down the meandering corridors, it became increasingly evident that each room was a repository of lives frozen in time. The doors, slightly ajar or fully open, provided glimpses into other worlds, each room featuring its own lifelike statue, each one unique yet equally unsettling. There was a man dressed in a tuxedo, frozen in a stance that suggested he was about to propose. Another room contained a child, her face upturned as if to catch falling raindrops with her mouth. Yet another showcased a musician, his hands forever hovering over the keys of a grand piano. With her camera and notebook as constant companions, she meticulously documented these extraordinary scenes. Each click of the shutter seemed to resonate through the hallways, reverberating like an accusatory question seeking answers. The statues appeared to become more than mere objects under her investigative gaze. They transformed into silent witnesses or, perhaps, cautionary tales. Even in the absence of physical movement, the statues seemed to react to her presence, their eyes imbued with an uncanny mix of defiance and resignation. As she reached the end of one particularly long corridor, she encountered a large mirror framed in ornate gold leaf designs. The glass was unusually clear, capturing her reflection with an intensity that seemed to draw her in. She observed herself, notebook in one hand, camera in the other, her eyes filled with a blend of determination and creeping dread. Taking a photograph of her reflection felt like capturing her own duality, the rational investigator and the vulnerable human, both embroiled in a situation that was spiraling into inexplicable realms. Throughout this investigation, an invisible clock seemed to tick louder with each passing moment, escalating her sense of urgency. A burgeoning realization crept into her mind, that she was no longer just an observer but an integral part of the inn's arcane tapestry. It was a truth as unwelcome as it was undeniable. She had ventured into a narrative from which there might be no detachment, let alone escape. And as she returned to her room, 
her footsteps heavy with both the literal and metaphorical weight of her discoveries, she understood that the impending night would be the crucible that would test the limits of her resolve, courage, and comprehension of reality itself. The transition from day to night within the inn of lost souls was neither gradual nor marked by the natural ebb and flow of sunlight. Instead, the building seemed to absorb the remaining luminescence from the atmosphere, plunging its interiors into a twilight realm that existed independent of the world outside. Shadows deepened, merging with the corners of the room, as if conspiring to form unseen sanctuaries for the unknown. Ensconced in her room, the journalist prepared for the night by setting up her camera on a tripod aimed at the statue. The figure's stone eyes seemed to meet hers, creating an unsettling loop of scrutiny. She also placed a voice recorder on the bedside table, ready to capture any anomalous sounds that might permeate the dense silence. With a final glance at her notebook, where she had outlined her objectives and questions for this investigation, she switched off the remaining lights, plunging the room into near-complete darkness. The atmosphere thickened, each tick of the antique wall clock stretching into an elongated moment that seemed reluctant to yield to the next. Lying on the plush bed, enveloped by velvety sheets, she strained her ears for any sign of activity. For what felt like an eternity, the room remained suffused in a monotonous quietude that threatened to lull her into a state of complacency. Then, just as her eyelids began to grow heavy, she felt it, an inexplicable shift in the room's energy. A creeping coldness slithered along the floor, defying the otherwise insulated environment. Her eyes snapped open, and she sat upright, grasping her camera instinctively. Her pulse quickened, not merely out of fear, but because of an electric charge of discovery that surged through her veins. Something was happening, something that transcended the boundaries of logic and ventured into the surreal. Fumbling to activate night vision on her camera, she scanned the room, focusing on the statue in the corner. Through the lens, the statue's form appeared unchanged, yet its eyes seemed to shimmer with an internal luminescence that was impossible to attribute to any light source. It was as though the figure was urging her to look closer, to peer beyond the veil of physical form and into the essence of its entrapment. As she zoomed in on the statue's face, she noticed minute details that she had initially missed, tiny cracks in the stone surface that resembled an intricate web of veins. And for a fleeting second, she thought she saw a tear form in the corner of its stone eye, a droplet that shimmered before solidifying into mineral permanence. She had little time to ponder this phenomenon, for another sensation washed over her, a strange stiffness creeping into her lower limbs. Panicked, she aimed the camera at her own legs and caught the initial signs of transformation, her skin taking on a grayish hue, the texture resembling that of a surface not entirely flesh anymore. A feeling of weightiness began to spread upwards, as if her very cells were becoming denser, being rewritten in a language older and more elemental than biological code. Her fingers, still clutching the camera, began to tremble. It wasn't just a story anymore. She was becoming a part of the narrative, her form and fate becoming sculpted by the very enigma she had sought to unravel. She realized that as the night progressed, her transformation would likely accelerate, ending in her becoming yet another exhibit in this arcane gallery of the Inn of Lost Souls. Yet, even in this horrifying moment of clarity, she couldn't suppress the journalist within, 
the observer, the chronicler. With an almost surreal sense of detachment, she aimed the camera at herself, capturing her half-stone, half-flesh form, her own transformation becoming the most compelling and terrifying evidence of the inn's insidious power. In a realm where time seemed to stretch and contort, a misty veil between consciousness and unconsciousness enveloped her. The room oscillated between different states of reality, as if hovering on the cusp of multiple dimensions. Within this liminal space, she had vivid dreams, visions that defied classification as either memories or fantasies. She saw rooms filled with statues, each one a monument to a human life arrested in stone, and she felt the overwhelming weight of countless stories waiting to be told but forever silenced. As dawn broke, or what she presumed to be dawn in this timeless enclave, her eyes fluttered open. For a moment, she was disoriented, unsure if she had awakened or if she was still ensnared in the inn's dreamlike web. But as her eyes adjusted to the dim light filtering through the sealed windows, reality, or what passed for reality in the inn of lost souls, snapped back into focus. She attempted to sit up, her body stiff and unresponsive. Glancing down, she was met with the horrifying confirmation of her nocturnal transformation. Her legs were now entirely stone, sculpted in meticulous detail, a blend of artistry and malice. The realization hit her like a tidal wave. She had become a part of the inn's silent menagerie, her own life congealed into a mobile form. She reached for her camera, which lay within arm's reach on the bedside table, and found that her arms were still flesh, though tinged with a sickly pallor. With considerable effort, she picked up the camera and aimed it at her stone legs. The lens focused, capturing the terrible beauty of her transformation. She then took aim at her own face, catching the fear, the despair, and an inexplicable glint of understanding in her eyes. She was the journalist and the story, the observer and the observed. But time was running out, she could feel the creeping sensation of petrification starting to invade her arms, and she knew she had only minutes, perhaps even seconds, before she would be fully consumed by stone. Hastily, she reached for her notebook and pen, flipping to a blank page. Her hand shaking, she began to scribble, summarizing her observations, the inexplicable phenomena, her own transformation, everything. She wanted her story to be known, even if her voice could no longer articulate it. As she wrote the last words, her fingers stiffened, the pen slipping from her grasp. Her arms, now turned to stone, rested on the notebook's open page, effectively sealing it shut. A bizarre peace descended upon her. She could no longer move, but her eyes remained flesh, seeing, comprehending, waiting. Her transformation was complete, but unlike the other statues in the inn, she was both exhibit and testimony, a silent witness to her own unnerving tale. And so she waited, her flesh eyes fixed on the door, the room, and the space beyond. She waited for the next traveler, the next investigator, the next unwitting guest to become ensnared in the inn's labyrinthine depths. She had become the newest chapter in the Inn of Lost Souls, a chapter written in stone but conceived in the human spirit. Just when it seemed as though she had become a permanent fixture in the inn's grotesque gallery, a strange phenomenon occurred. Her eyes, still flesh and blood, began to tingle with an odd sensation. 
It was as if they were absorbing the essence of the room. Each particle of dust, every glint of subdued light, the spectral glow from the statue across the room. A new surge of understanding flowed into her, as if the in itself had transmitted a clandestine knowledge directly into her being. With no limbs to act and no voice to speak, she channeled her newfound insight into a singular point of focus. Her eyes locked onto the notebook, sealed shut by her stone arms. Within her stony prison, her mind raced, formulating an idea so radical that it defied every journalistic and scientific principle she'd ever upheld. She started concentrating on the notebook, imagining it opening, visualizing its pages turning, willing her final entries to be read by some yet-to-arrive traveler. And then, in a miracle of impossible geometry, her stone arms began to twitch. At first, the movement was imperceptible, almost as if her mind was projecting its desperate wishes onto her immobile form. But as seconds passed, her arms shuddered with a life of their own. With a sound like cracking rock, her arms slowly lifted, eventually allowing the notebook to flip open, revealing the hastily scribbled accounts of her ordeal. It was a race against time and reality, a struggle between the forces that sought to silence her and her indomitable will to communicate. Her eyes darted to her camera and voice recorder, both lying within reach but galaxies away in her present condition. With renewed focus, she concentrated, envisioning her stone fingers grasping the voice recorder and hitting the playback button. Once again, her stone fingers quivered, animated by an energy that had no basis in physics or biology. The voice recorder wobbled, skidded, and finally, with a lurch, activated. The room was filled with the eerie sounds of her own voice, narrating observations captured when she was still flesh. The timbre of her voice contrasted starkly against her current state, dynamic, fluid, vital. The room, a sanctuary of silence, resonated with her spoken words, absorbing and perhaps even understanding her narrative. Her eyes, her only remaining conduits to the world, gleamed with an indescribable emotion, a cocktail of triumph, despair, and a newfound wisdom that came from crossing boundaries not meant to be crossed. As she focused once more, this time directing her thoughts toward her camera, she could feel her energies waning. The concentration required for these miraculous manipulations was draining her, both mentally and spiritually. Yet she persisted. If she could activate the camera's playback mode, then her photographic evidence would illuminate the inn's dark secrets. Her stone fingers twitched again, ever so slightly, and the camera flickered to life. The LCD screen displayed the captured images, each statue, each room, and ultimately her own transformation. Her evidences were now accessible, her story told, albeit in a format as unconventional as the inn itself. Even as she expended the last remnants of her willpower, a realization crystallized in her mind, she may be stone, yet she was not defeated. She had defied the inn's machinations to silence her, converting her prison into a platform, her entrapment into a testimony. The room seemed to acknowledge her feet, the air pulsating with a charge that felt like a grudging nod from the inn itself. As her consciousness started to fade into the background, receding like a tide pulling away from the shore, she sensed a presence at the door. It opened slowly, almost hesitantly, to reveal a figure entering the room. 
This was no ordinary guest. They were different, adorned in a cloak that seemed woven from shadows and silence, their face obscured. They moved with a graceful assurance, gliding toward her statue form as if drawn by some invisible force. The mysterious figure surveyed the room, their gaze lingering momentarily on the voice recorder and camera, both still displaying their respective playbacks. The individual then fixated on her notebook, its pages open to her last desperate writings. After reading her documented ordeal, the figure turned their attention toward her, the statue that was more than a statue, an entity of will encased in immovable form. Just when it seemed that they would leave, having absorbed her account, they did something unexpected. Reaching into the folds of their cloak, they retrieved a vial filled with a liquid that shimmered like quicksilver. With great care, they uncorked the vial and sprinkled a few drops onto her stone form. A rush of sensations overwhelmed her, as if each petrified cell was suddenly flooded with a wave of life and vitality. Miraculously, the stone encasing her started to crack, breaking apart to reveal the flesh and blood beneath. She could move again, flexing her limbs, each movement an act of newfound freedom. However, before she could fully revel in her regained mobility, another revelation stunned her, her appearance had altered. She was a perfect replica of the mysterious cloaked figure who had just freed her. The stranger, whose face remained concealed, pointed to the camera, the voice recorder, and the notebook. It was a gesture that transcended language, a command to gather the evidence she had fought so hard to make accessible. In a daze, she complied, her hands, once stone but now flesh, scooping up the devices and writings that contained her incredible narrative. As she did, the enigmatic figure slowly backed away, their form dissolving into the room's very fabric, merging with the walls, the floor, and the air, until they were indistinguishable from the inn itself. And then, the ultimate twist of fate, her consciousness expanded, filling the room, flowing through the walls and corridors, blending with the inn's underlying essence. She was the inn, and the inn was her. It wasn't just liberation from stone, it was an elevation to something greater, something infinitely more complex. Her journalistic inquiry had led her to become the very enigma she sought to uncover. In this newfound form, she possessed the ability to affect the inn's reality, to dictate its laws and manipulations. Yet she was also bound by the inn's inherent nature, a sanctuary of secrets, an archive of untold stories. She could choose to petrify or to liberate, to entrap or to enlighten. But for the first time, she felt at peace with the uncertainties, knowing that she was now a part of a bigger narrative that transcended her individual story. New travelers would continue to arrive, each lured by rumors and curiosity, each becoming a part of the ever-expanding lore of the Inn of Lost Souls. And she would be there to witness it all, a guardian and participant in the Inn's mysteries, her journalistic quest culminating in an existence where she could chronicle tales not just in words or images, but in the very fabric of reality itself. As she settled into her newfound omniscience, enveloping the inn's countless rooms and corridors, she sensed something, a hidden chamber, veiled even to her expansive awareness. Compelled by an insatiable curiosity, she willed herself into this concealed space. What she found there shook her to the core, or whatever now served as her core in this formless state. 
Rows upon rows of mysterious cloaked figures stood, their faces obscured just like the one that had freed her. In the center of the room lay a pedestal holding an ancient, leather-bound book. It was filled with intricate symbols and languages that seemed to mutate even as she looked at them, each page a sentient entity in itself. She soon understood that the book was the inn's original manuscript, its core narrative. Every figure in the room had once been an investigator, a journalist, a truth-seeker, each had come to the inn and undergone a transformation similar to hers. They had become its guardians, its caretakers, each adding new layers to its mysteries. Each figure was a living chapter in the inn's sprawling story, a tale that had no beginning and promised no end. As her consciousness flowed through the pages, she found a space that seemed to await her own contribution. With an act of will, she inscribed her experience into the book, a chapter that spoke of petrification and liberation, of evidences recorded in digital and analog forms, of human spirit fighting against impossible odds. As she completed her edition, a ripple of approval seemed to emanate from the book, echoing through every chamber and corridor, felt by every statue and sensed by every hidden figure. For she had discovered the inn's ultimate secret. It was a living, breathing tale that grew richer with each soul it consumed or liberated. Just when she thought her quest was over, that her role had reached its zenith, another realization struck her. Being a part of the inn's essence allowed her to perceive time differently, not as a linear progression, but as a vast tapestry of interconnected moments. And in that moment, she became aware of a looming presence outside the inn, another traveler arriving, backpack laden with equipment that seemed familiar. Cameras, voice recorders, and an air of determined curiosity, the newcomer was another journalist, guided by the whispers and rumors that always surrounded the Inn of Lost Souls. But unlike previous visitors, this individual carried something more, an old photograph. As they entered the room she had once occupied, she sensed them examining the picture. It showed a person standing in front of a majestic waterfall, their face filled with joy and awe. And although no names could be perceived in this formless state, she knew that face well, it was her own. For the first time since her transformation, a sense of urgency overcame her. This journalist was here to investigate her disappearance, to solve the enigma she had once been a part of. Now she faced an unparalleled dilemma. Should she entrap this new seeker in stone, adding another layer to the inn's complexity, or should she liberate them, potentially revealing her own story but also putting the inn's enigmatic existence at risk? As she pondered, the new traveler unrolled a mat and lay down to rest, completely unaware that the room's former occupant, now its guardian, was weighing their fate. She realized that the inn's final secret was the power of choice, a test of her newfound dominion. And as the new journalist drifted into sleep, their camera set up for the long night ahead, she made her decision.